Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catanzary Financial Services. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. Notre Dame is now 9-0 with their 31-21 victory over Northwestern in Evansville Saturday night. Ian Book on fire in the second half as Notre Dame emphasized the passing game a little bit more in the second half. Defense played really well, uh, I think, except when they took a 17-point lead and relaxed a little bit at that point. But... uh, you know, good ball game by Notre Dame. Uh, obviously, the special teams is not what you're looking for at the end of the game. You'd like to close out a, an opponent. But Notre Dame ends up winning by 10 on the road. They're 9-0. and They should be number three in the playoff voting this week. And um, three left, a, a quarter of the season to go. Book, he's mentioned the second half. He's unreal in the second half at this point. He would I would throw some stats out there, but his completion percentage sounds the same, whether you say first half or second half or not. But something like 68 of 88 in the second half. It, yeah, it's it's, just, it's it's better in it's, the second it's, half. But it's it's, it's good the first yeah. it's yeah. good the first half too. Though. This, this yeah. is the stat that really was like holy crap. So really, I would dump Wake Forest and Stanford because there was yeah, no, I saw you did that. Yeah, I was no, including those two. Yeah, yeah. so those aren't really like game pressure on it on you. But Virginia Tech, there was game pressure. You're up one and a half. Pittsburgh, there's definitely game pressure. You're down one and a half. And Northwestern is game pressure tied it. So dump Navy too. Yeah, yeah, dump Navy as well. So. Those three halves, second halves, when, you know, you should tense up. You should have to think about it. Also, you had to adjust to a, not a new game plan, but figure out what Chip Long wants to do and then execute it. So it's it's all, it's mentally complicated and just the pressure in those second halves. 39 of 46 for 505, five touchdowns, one pick. That completion percentage is actually about 10 points higher than where he is for the season. His quarterback rating would have been 208. Point fifty two, which would trail only Kyle Murray and Tua Tagovailoa, and uh, for the whole second half, including all those games, it's still I, Bert, Mike Birch put it out there. It's quarterback ratings over one ninety five, which would yeah. trail only those guys as well. Yeah. So he is he's rising to the yeah. occasion, which right. I think is like the stats are great, but I think it's the the moments that those stats are happening in is really what's most significant about it. I mean, he really gets motivated at halftime when he doesn't play well or when he doesn't think that he's performed well. You know, he he comes out smoking. And, you know, I think you have to give Chip Long credit. We're going to talk about Chip Long's game plan a little bit here because some people don't think that he took the right approach against Northwestern. But it's definitely worked for Ian Book. Um, You know, the the, the Nording run game um, bogged down a little bit. Certainly, Northwestern was overplaying the run, and you know Notre Dame ends up, uh, you know, throwing the football. When when you put Notre Dame in that situation, Ian Book's going going over three hundred yards easily every time. You can't defend at all, and um, and and he was great again in the second half. I don't think the I, I mean the run game did bog down, but I I disagree with the. Don't run as much thing. I think it's, well, I, I think it's I so important I, to maintain it. Now, if you want to say, oh, there's a couple places where third and 25, you don't have to try and hit a draw to Tony Jones. I get it if you want to nitpick calls like that. They yeah, thought they, they were going to get one and they didn't. They thought they were going to hit a crease and they did not. Right. Um, 
if you want to say, you know, you could have thrown a little bit more, I'm, I'm not arguing against that because I'm sure he looked into some quote-unquote stacked boxes and ran it anyway. But you have to maintain the running game to allow this passing game to work the yeah, way it does. And that's what I, I want to ask Brian Kelly about how much leeway Book has to change the play at the line of scrimmage because, I mean, we're the assumption is that that's what Chip Long called and that Book has to stay with it or, or he stayed with it. We don't know that. We don't know that for sure. I would guess it's not. I would think he has a run and a pass on most plays, but not all. Yeah, I don't... I don't know if it's changing the play as opposed to deciding what to do within right. the like play. He did, yeah. Like he yeah. did on the 23-yard touchdown run. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Because um, that's what RPOs are all about. Yeah. that's At some point, the quarterback has to make a decision. I, I don't think he's changing the plays as much as like you know you would see an NFL quarterback do, where actually it's like... No, where he's running, restructuring everything different. different. No, yeah. I don't think so. Um, but I, I just the fact that he rises to the occasion, I, I think it's it's really one of those things that if you're looking for reasons to feel confident about Notre Dame over the next three games, when they certainly will have some game pressure at some point, the fact that your quarterback can respond to it and not do something stupid is would be high on my list. It would probably be a clear number one uh, with the fact that Notre Dame's pass rush is just really, really good being number two. I think it's also high on my list that people are now worried that Notre Dame is running the ball too much. I don't, <laughs> that's my favorite part I mean, of it. I, 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 yeah, I, mean, I, I, lo- I love it. I do. I mean, I, I do. And, and I do get the argument that yeah, there I, were I, some instances where, you know, maybe you need to, to, to throw it a little bit more. But it's just, it's, it's important. It's the foundation of what they have become offensively. And you have to realize that since Ian Book took over as a starting quarterback. They're averaging like 490 yards total offense per game. The Notre Dame record, which is 48 years old, is 510. They're, they are putting up yardage that is comparable to the best in the history of Notre Dame. And as far as scoring, Tim? They are ahead of the pace that I had predicted last year for the 2017 offense to break the scoring record at Notre Dame. Now Miami, actually Miami and Navy, I always say Miami, but Miami and Navy kind of knocked them off that pace and then they ended up finishing... I don't know if they were third or fourth. I think they were third all time. Um, this pace now, they're over 40 points a game with Ian Book. Uh, if he plays nine more games, I mean, he can't overcome the 24, 24, 24, probably, unless they put a, unless they could play Louisville. Can they play Louisville in the upcoming? <laughs> That'd be the only way I think they could, uh, if they could get him on the schedule for an extra Well, I think exhibition. that, you know, part, part of what happens when you start becoming so prolific offensively that there's an expectation that everything should work. There are going to yeah. be some gaps in in a, do I have to go back and tell you how good I thought Northwestern's defense was capable of being? I mean, they they are they're pretty stout up front, and I, you know we talked about they looked slow in some previous games. I don't know that they necessarily looked that way against Notre Dame. So you know Northwestern's coach too. They're coached by a guy that with a with a defensive background. They're a capable, solid defense that played Michigan well, played Notre Dame pretty well. Played a yeah, Wisconsin's not good anymore. But I'm using the name Wisconsin, and they had a backup quarterback. You know, yes. to throw Wisconsin out they there with Michigan, Notre Michigan Dame, State. Is dumb. Michigan State scored 19 points against. They're them. they're a capable defense, and they, and they played pretty well. But Notre Dame, I mean, once Notre Dame started clicking, they they couldn't hold them down. Now I will say, people are complaining quite a bit too about calls. I'm just used to, other than I can't stand people complaining about calls. Other than the fact that Notre Dame does get held. It's just a record amount this year. But I didn't feel like it stood out to me. This like game it, it didn't. Did Pittsburgh. No, it didn't for me. Um uh the drive where Norman first and goal at the five or excuse me, second and goal at the five. They end up not getting a field goal, getting pushed back. Right. That's that on was, Notre Dame. It's on Notre Dame, but my point is they would have lit Northwestern up if they went in for a touchdown there. 
Well, and that's why I don't, I, I, the whole argument about the play calling, they should score there. It should be 14 yeah. to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Now that changes, that probably, that certainly changes the, the complexion of the rest of the first half and probably the entire game. And I think the entire game North and Northwestern doesn't have the offense to come back if they're getting lit up. You know, that's just the, everything kind of, the those dams tend to break when you need everything to go right. Yeah. And it's things start going yeah. wrong early. Uh, needless to say, in the second segment, we have, we have a few questions about special teams, yeah. but, but. You know, we should address it. I mean, it's they've been inconsistent. I thought I thought between the the kick return by Michigan and the kick return by Pittsburgh that the special teams had leveled out. And people tend to forget when the special teams play well, it's ignored because it's just assumed that it should go that way. Uh, and I thought they played well during that segment, but there's just there's just too many breakdowns. It's the proverbial you know finger in the the dike. You 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 plug one hole and it springs somewhere else. That that tends to be what's happened with Notre Dame special teams. I thought this was the most alarming of the three performances that you would you would know Michigan and Pittsburgh because that that felt more like a singular breakdown. This was you had a hook kick, kickoff out of bounds, which you also had against Michigan, I think, um, or maybe it was Ball State. Yeah, or maybe it was he's, well, had, he's, had, he's had three. He's had some. Okay. Yeah, it was he's the had third three. one. Um, so you had the hook kickoff out of bounds. You had uh, a legal procedure. Formation penalty on a kickoff. That's ridiculous. And then you had uh, Jonathan Jones get flagged for a hold on a kickoff as well. All of those, as they are on kickoffs, are come after you score when you have some momentum. You that... had a punt. Let me throw one in there. There was a twenty. I kept emphasizing a twenty-eight net punt. It yeah. wasn't, and, and it wasn't a. It wasn't necessarily a bad kick by Newsom. It was the return. There yeah. was nobody yeah. within twelve yards when he caught the football, yeah. and it wasn't a line drive per se. So, you know, I mean, the, these things are – and look, when, when it comes to – and I, I don't want to get too far into it because we do have questions. But and, and we didn't list the <laughs> – we just listed all the things that went wrong on special teams and left out the one that got them back in the game. So there's a lot oh, of things that yeah. went wrong. Yeah, the block punt had something to do with the game too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. I'm, it's I'm obvious, but we're going through everything. I'm trying to conversation yeah. for our questions. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and I mean, let's be – Let's try to be a little fair here to Brian Poley. When it comes to special teams, there are a million things. I mean, special teams encompasses a lot of things. When a kicker misses a you know field goal attempt, that falls on him. When right, the, when which the it kickoff man, well, but when the, yeah. when a yeah. kickoff man kicks one out of bounds, we're talking about we're talking about Brian Poley's special teams, right? I, I think yes. when you have Tyler Newsom and Justin Yoon, and one of those two has a mistake as a senior and fifth year senior, I don't put that on Brian Polian. Yeah. We, we even joke in camp, we saw Yoon miss a 55-yarder off the post and Polian talked to him. What could you possibly say to <laughs> Justin Yoon right there that could coach him? Yeah. So I don't really put, it's the other things that yeah. the returns, the, yeah, the everything, illegal, everything I, else. I don't, not, I, I don't <laughs> think yeah. any, I, I need to make yeah. a couple calls as far as the illegal formation. I don't know exactly. I don't know what that was. I mean, there, there's a limit as to how many guys you can have on each side of where the football is placed. Right, for an onside kicks, but I don't know why nobody would line up I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't feel kick. like the TV view was clear yeah. enough to see that exactly, but you will, I'll, you will try to find that out. You know, Polian in August uh, said something and it came to fruition. We were sitting there talking about kickoff coverage. He, didn't, he never wants to offer, I don't blame him, but his coach doesn't want to offer who the guys he had kind of pulled for his uh, yeah. his top players on kickoff coverage. It's a media camp question, of course. He said, you don't really know what you're getting into in the opening game kickoff because you just don't practice contact tackling and kickoffs enough because you don't want to get your guys hurt. And then when there's a kick return touchdown for Michigan, I was like, my goodness, he said that that first game was going to be a well, problem. And then, as you pointed out, seemed like it had regulated. Yeah. The Pittsburgh one, 
Yeah, they played. They had played really, yeah. really well between those two. There's segments. just too many right now. But I'm I'm pointing out that Polian actually mentioned a little concerned about opening week because you just don't practice full speed. Yeah, because you're not full. Mm-hmm. Well, and and that brings up another thing. Does does and I have no idea what the answer to the question is, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Does Brian Kelly a lot enough time to special teams? I know he doesn't. We in the asked spring, about right? this, yeah. um, and he said that they had been putting more in, like they had been adding a period I, into special I, teams. I remember that, season. but does that does putting more in mean it's enough? I mean, it's at some point there's like you can only practice for so long. True. No, it's it's true. But the, I mean, you look at, I mean, these things don't happen to. I, my example. Not that they're perfect all the time, but in Urban Meyer coach special teams, these things generally don't happen. It's nobody's perfect, and of course they have breakdowns. But the and that's the head coach running it. I mean, these kind of things. And Pullian has you know head coaching background. I don't know. There there are a lot of facets to special teams and a lot of places where where you can screw up, and they have. I mean, they, they've yeah. done it. So anyway, we'll talk more about that and uh, take questions from our readers in segment two. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by. Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, attorneys at law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider, our Burning Up the Board segment, sponsored by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller. We have a question from Maninti, which is probably butchering what it's supposed to be. The inability of the offensive line to get a consistent push on run blocking is this team's undoing. Agree or disagree? Disagree. Future undoing, in other words, if they lose. Oh, yeah. I mean, is it in the playoff? That's, yes, that's Cle- how I feel. Clemson leads the nation in yards per carry allowed at 2.24, and Alabama leads the nation in rushing touchdowns allowed at 3. So I think even if you had Alex Bars healthy, that the offensive line probably would have a very, very, very difficult time against either of those squads. How about Michigan and Georgia? Uh, yeah, because they, they had a difficult time against Michigan. We all watched it. And they had a difficult time against Georgia last year when it was McGlinchey and Nelson. So... I don't think the offensive line is um, a great matchup for any of the four teams that you listed, and it minus bars that has only taken a step back. So yeah, it's a it's a huge concern. But I, if Notre Dame was at full strength, and then you added Mike McGlinchey to it, and maybe Ronnie Stanley, I think it would they would still have a hard time handling the fronts of Clemson and uh, Alabama. Well, I noticed you left out Quentin Nelson. Well, just you, okay, yeah. now, let's be honest. Yeah, I, mean, I think, <laughs> I think it's over. 34-10. Yes. Um, no, I believe it's the undoing of a playoff game unless they improve. I wrote a whole column about it, and people can't imagine the fact that I could think that it's possible Notre Dame could lose a playoff game to Michigan or Georgia because of their offensive line, which I find ludicrous. However, I think they can get through the year. Um, I do think the offensive line has to play very well against Syracuse because they're going to have to score some points in the Syracuse game. And I know they always score points, but they're going to have to score points against Syracuse, which hasn't really been the case, right? They haven't had to score a lot to win. They happen to. I mean, well, Pittsburgh yeah, the only time they had to get there, right? And they yeah, didn't the most score points anything. given up were Wake Forest, and yeah. that's the most they scored. Not, yeah, that, that wasn't game. necessary. They're going to need it. Um, and then I just don't know what you get in L.A. But I know you need it against Syracuse. Um, but I think what we're looking at now is Notre Dame's offensive line played well enough to win, 
and win without that much trouble against a Big Ten West level champion and an ACC Coastal level champion in the passing game and not in the running game for the, against Pittsburgh. They, they were shut down pretty well in the running game against Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the playoffs. It's a different animal. It's a different world. Right. And if you don't see it, and this has nothing to do with getting the playoffs or the fact that Notre Dame handled Michigan in the opener. They have to play again. So if you think just because you handle someone, Notre Dame fans, do you believe that if they played Miami in the Citrus Bowl last year, they'd have gotten their butts kicked again? Really? No. Well, okay. certainly, certainly not along those lines. Exactly. So things change, and Notre Dame's offensive line has to get better. Yes, yeah. we we have to look beyond the hate for uh, for teams. Yes. <laughs> when, when you know, I, and we realize that we realize how people feel about Michigan, and generally speaking, I feel the same way. I but... do too. But it, and it's ludicrous that someone <laughs> would say Michigan gets in over Notre Dame. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the game having to be played again. Right. You, you've, your resume has been proven. They're undefeated, and they beat Michigan. No one has ever won a rematch. The end. No, it's I never know. happened I in the history of sports. Get it? I <laughs> just no, I don't understand. I get, that. No, I, mean, I get it. I get. I get it. I the get other it. undoing would be if you're in a really good game. I think that, uh, and this is a smaller one. Um, the nickel, I think, could be a problem when you're going against a passing attack that can. It can be masked a little better by your pass rush. You know, I mean, you can. And you can tackle really well. If Houston Griffith makes tackles on the plays he gives up, I think it well, then, limits drives and, and stuff. And special teams, I guess that would be that would be the third way that that Notre Dame could lose. But you know, I mean, everybody everybody has those kind of weaknesses. Maybe well, Alabama doesn't, yeah. and, and Clemson's are, are are you know less severe. But I guess special teams can just not make mistakes, and Notre Dame could win a playoff game. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, you know, like yes. just go play yeah. football and yeah. kick it and punt like, and tackle. The yeah. offensive line has to have <laughs> 75 to 85 plays. Special teams has to have about 12. Right, and they have to have really good plays, the offensive yeah. line. Jay Jude, how much of the struggles of the offensive line falls on the shoulders of Chip Long's play calling? He seems to play call around the offensive line he wants uh, and not the offensive line that he has. I don't even understand this question, so O'Malley, you can answer it. Well, I think he would like to have Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey, and Alex uh, Bars. <laughs> okay. But, uh, no, I don't get the question either. Um, well, I think they're but, in a rough situation in the offense. I mean, they're doing the best they can. They have made the change wisely after the break. Um, this is the best thing they can do. But if you want to like talk about this offensive line, and Pete, you brought this up a couple weeks ago when Bars got hurt. Add to that, if the beginning of the season we said, well, you know, they're going to lose bars, and what's going to happen at right guard is Kramer, who's the number one ranked player on the team coming out of high school, is going to play bad enough to get replaced by the backup center. But that's they're going to have to keep rotating there and figure out how that goes. A three-star right. back, backup center. That is what's going down here, and I think this is what this this is what they should roll with. I'm not questioning that at all. Mm-hmm. And they have three games to continue to improve. It'll be game five in Los Angeles with Aaron Banks on this line. I don't think it's Chip Long's play calling. Uh, I do, but but the point is that a lot of people didn't feel like they emphasized the passing game enough in the first half. That's what this is about. Oh, I thought it was more of just the no. Just I mean, I, there, there's a thread scheme. that that I mean, I, I bounce back and forth. Yeah, with, yeah. You're going with, with, with our board thread. With yeah. This one. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel that it's probably built off of that. Aaron, might, Aaron Banks. Right, yeah. I thought Aaron Banks took a step backward. You know, from where he, how he played against. Navy, which is the uneven line that Pete Sampson talks about, not just for quarterbacks, but for all players. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, I thought too. he took a step back, but there's a reason he took a step back because he wasn't playing Navy. He was playing, <laughs> right. he was playing a, a you know a, a sound veteran defensive front for Northwestern. I thought he played potential Big Ten West champion. Yeah, and I thought he played uh, hesitantly. I didn't think that he played with the physicality that he was able to play with against Navy. 
Um, I didn't think that he was getting out ahead of plays when he was on the move. It, it you know, he, it was his second start. And it only takes one player. I'm not saying that the, the others played well and he didn't, but it only takes one player. Certainly Eichenberg did not have the type of impact that he had against Navy, but you're not going to against a, a defensive line like Northwestern. That's a, when I asked Brian Kelly on Sunday about the offensive line, I phrased it intentionally to be like, how were they in pass, bro? And then how were they in the run game? Because Ian Book was barely pressured at all. He wasn't sacked. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone through this tape to figure out, okay, how many pressures, how many not. There aren't a lot. He wasn't overly pressured. No. Na- Navy yeah. was two pressures. They were both incompletions. I'm guessing Northwestern might be three pressures. Pitt was either real or imagined a lot more in the first yeah, half. Pitt yeah, was all over the place. Yeah. But I think the offensive line, in terms of picking stuff up and just sort of winning one-on-one matchups when it comes to pass rushers, is doing really mm-hmm. well. It's in the run game where they're not. Um, and I don't know how – I don't think that necessarily even has to improve at all to win three more games. But I think people are sort of having an eye on the fourth game at this point. Yeah, and, and I understand that. For the record, uh, Northwestern had two – officially had two quarterback yeah. crushes. Yeah, one but, from Nate Hall, their linebacker. But so one did Notre from Dame. Fred Wyatt. And, yeah, yeah. So Notre, but and Notre Dame also had five sacks on top yeah. of that. Right, and Book wasn't. Where yeah. Northwestern had zero. I'm saying Notre Dame had more pressures than that, too, because they don't Surely. really do that very well. That's okay. Yeah. Dip 98, in your opinion, why has our run defense started to show yeah. some cracks? Well, now, this is a theory where uh, you were, were you on the, were you with Kelly yesterday mm-hmm. on the teleconference? Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. you were. You, and I probably clumsily phrased my question, but I thought he kind of took offense to me asking about what, if they win, his thoughts, it yeah, doesn't go what well his thoughts were like on that. the interior yeah. run defense. Because I thought, I mean, I thought Isaiah Bowser gave him a lot of trouble. You know, when you ended up looking at the stats and yards per carry and stuff like that, it, it, I know it wasn't great, but the eye test told me that they were getting they were getting beat between the tackles. And then the watching the the game last night, the TV version of it, Micah Do Treadway is is not a major college football player. No, he. I don't think he should, uh, other than this week where you can continue to rest Jerry Tillery a little bit for the stretch run, I don't think Dutreadway should get in um, if they keep score. <laughs> I would rather see Adam Alola, undersized yes. guy that's going to get pushed a little bit because at least he's technique sound like a like a, 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 a major college defensive lineman. Micah Dutreadway gets turned, around. gets turned around. He ends up boxing people out that have turned him around. And then he doesn't go for the rebound. I wrote this in the tail of the tape. It, I've never seen a defensive lineman's just flat-out technique so poor as it was against Northwestern. He he can't make a play. He should not be playing. Against Syracuse and, uh, and uh, He shouldn't USC. have been playing against Northwestern. Right. I would have had Adam Alola in there. I would put... <laughs> I would put Uh-oh. I would put Kurt Heinish at three technique, and he has no business yeah. playing three technique. Actually, Bonner played three technique last year, so you could yeah. do that. But you got to be kidding me! I you actually can't think they go rotated to the too much in that game. Maybe Tillery's banged up. Right? Oh yeah, he That's did not like, play yeah. a lot. I, no, he did not done the snaps on that yet. Maybe he's banged up, but I, I and I don't, I, you know, I don't. Banged ke- up. Who did they play the week before? I, <laughs> nice. I kept sitting I mean, there thinking to myself. It just yeah. takes one play. Yeah. It just takes one tweak. No, you, you know, say but, Navy. Yeah. Navy. No, I know, but I mean, <laughs> it just takes one play against, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I and I didn't see anything happen to I him. I kept but. wondering why he wasn't in, so I know he played less than usual. I kept yeah. thinking to myself, looking down the field, they're driving. Put in Jerry Tillery. What is the point here? There's And it was a 60-snap game for Northwestern. They Maybe they anticipated 
Maybe the plan. It was a 68. Maybe I they believe. anticipated a 81 snap game from Northwestern with 50 passes. Yeah. And then that was the rotation. And, and that reminds it. me. I mean, obviously, I, I tend to exaggerate, and I said he was going to throw 55 times. I didn't. I did not give enough credence to how effective Bowser was going to be against Notre Dame. I knew he had been effective the two previous weeks. Kelly warned us. Warned me Thursday. Asked about playing. Yeah, a lot of no, he did. no, he's, I, he's, no. I, I know, but you know that that's. But still, that offense then had to play against Notre Dame's yeah. defense, and I didn't expect them to have the kind of quote success that they had running the ball. And the stats don't say that it was success, but the eye test says. They did did have success running the football and against Notre Dame. Do you think that's the only reason they're starting to show some cracks? No, we, no. Answer, I think yeah. Bon, yeah, I think Bonner. I, you know, Bonner. I, although I think is an improved player this year and shows up around the football more. He's just not a big stout guy, and so he's not going to get off blocks and hold the point of attack very uh, well. Drew Tranquil didn't really play. That that's part of it. Well, he didn't play in the base. Yeah, at all. Tra- and and if right? you're trying, the other yeah, thing is if you're nickel. trying to take away the deep ball, which they did. I mean they. They tried to do it, and they actually successfully did that. Your DBs aren't going to be as aggressive against the run. They can't be, right? Yeah. So that's another factor. I mean, I, I sort of you look through how productive Tranquil was and how productive Jordan Jemar Keith was. Tranquil, I think, had five tackles, but they were all solos. Three of them were third down stops. One of them was a stuff like a, yeah. an angle situation, whereas Jemar Keith, he had six tackles, but four of them were assisted. And then he had two two solos there, and all his productivity was in the second quarter only, which was a little bit weird. It's just a young player is not as good. Like in Brian, that was something that Brian Kelly volunteered on the call that young player run fits weren't perfect. That's sort of what you'd expect. Um, and his, they his, have to play. They, like he had to play his transition from safety to linebacker. I mean, you're in a box, and you've got to play. You got you've got to play vertical football. It's been a difficult, and we've heard that. It's been a difficult transition for him. Now, moving laterally, that's where he looks his best when he's covering, you know, when he's doing more sideline to sideline. Well, that makes sense because that's the type of athlete that he was growing up. So I, st- I think there's a lot there's a lot of room for improvement with Jordan Jim Markeith. I thought he was... I thought he was aggressive by and large. Uh, maybe not Drew White aggressive against Navy, but I thought he was aggressive. But which makes sense, though. Yes, Drew but, White had one job against Navy. Yeah, that's time. true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, but you know, when he got, you know, there was a couple times where, you know, he had to fill and he got squared up by a uh, uh, Northwestern offensive lineman. That's a fairly veteran offensive line for Northwestern, and that that's where he doesn't show nearly as well. And I think that there was at least one instance I remember where you know sort of a crossing route. He's just. He just doesn't have a feel for it yet. I mean, you think about how long it took for Drew Tranquil to go from safety to buck linebacker. It took four years. We're asking Jordan Jim Marquis to do it in six months. I mean, that's he's got he's got a big learning curve up, up in front of him, which is totally fine. Um, but you know, you could, you could see where the drop off was, and it was significant. I mean, it's talking about the defensive line play. I feel like it was the linebackers had more to do with you know whatever. Whatever the interior run defense was, I thought it was okay. Um, but I thought the they they took such a big step at linebacker, big step back. At no, it's no doubt. And show. I thought Coney did Coney did extra. Yeah, you know, sure. he 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 played extra in in the absence of the general absence of tranquil and the inexperience of uh, Jim Arkeith. But I, I mean, I just I thought it started in the middle because Micah Dutreadway played just too many snaps for them to be effective, between, you know, defensively between the tackles. Irish eye was tailgating. What would you say is Brian Polian's net value to the program? Seems like an ace recruiter and great representative of the university, but starting to look like a bust as a special teams coach with the multiple egregious mental errors. 
others will ask, is he on the hot seat? I mean, I think his value to the program is was clear with recruiting and organizational uh, recruiting. I, I think both those are very good. I mean, we were talking a lot last year about how well put together that class was, both in terms of where they allotted their scholarships, who they, the talent they brought in, and the fit within the talent. So he's got all that happening for him, and I, I think that is a real value because you're watching a lot of bunch of talented players play right now, and that's why Notre Dame is good is because they have good players. So that's real value. The special teams, I just don't even know what to make of it at this point. I mean, I like that they're playing starters more on special teams. That definitely has changed post-bye week. I think that's a real positive. But, um, yeah, I mean, the mental errors, I I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. But I, I do think in terms of the recruiting coordination, he's the best one that they've had since Kelly has been here. When they hired Pullian as the 10th coach, as a head coach, that was a former special team, had a lot of special teams coordinator experience, I thought it was a great hire because you're getting a guy that has experience there and can also, really, I mean, when you've run a program, you don't have to be myopic. You can look at, as, as yeah. Polian has said, he sees he, other guys and thinks, can that guy help me on special teams? Yeah. Can this guy do this? Look at, he's, he can't start on defense or offense, right. but can he help me? I thought it was a, like a really good hire. I asked Brian Kelly, if there was no 10th coach, would you have hired Brian Polian? And I couldn't get out anyway. And he said yes. He was saying we are getting a special teams coordinator in. <laughs> I am at a loss as to why in year two, with enough pieces, I think it's not working well. I think there's plenty of good pieces. Now it's sometimes it can be frustrating on the, two of those kick returns. Chase Claypool is the best cover man we're going to find. Made mental errors on the kick yeah. return touchdown, so that's got to kill you when you're the special teams coach. What are you going to do, pull Claypool? He's the first guy down there all the so time. So is he? I mean, I, <clears throat> I threw that in at the end because a lot, we got a lot of questions on Twitter about is he on the hot mm-hmm. seat, which is a term that I'm not real fond of. But I mean, is he on the is he on the hot seat with Brian Kelly? I mean, not right now at nine and zero because they don't think that way. Brian Kelly. <clears throat> you're talking about. Well, like I mean, there's nothing you can do. Season? Yeah, there's nothing you can do now. No, right? I don't mean in season. I'm just saying he's, it's not on Brian Kelly's radar right now. He just thinks they have to improve on special teams, I would think. Don't you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, would, I, don't, I, would, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure where that's going to go after the season. That's, so I guess that is my answer for it. I'm not sure where that's going to go after the season. Well, I think that's one of the questions. It, it well, is a delicate though. balance. There's a net value. Yeah, that's right. The there is a delicate balance with everything you talked about, Pete, with his organization and setting up yeah. the, the recruiting process. That so. was hard to watch last week, though. That was the, that was the bottoming out. Because the other ones are one play. You know, I shouldn't say one play. People can find other examples. We point to one play of Michigan and Pittsburgh. You don't think of it. Well, and this this one play is you cannot have a punt blocked at this point of this game. Yeah, that's true. Right that, now, you, can, you, you need to be aware of it. That's true. And you need to prevent it from happening. And not only were you not aware of it, and not only did you... Not prevented from play, happening. It wasn't even close to being prevented from happening. And this year wasn't one. This any year wasn't one of play. us, any one of us that that portrayed Cameron Ruiz in that situation, we all would have got to. That was bad. Tyler Newsom, we would have got to. Him. <laughs> he was. He wasn't he was touched. touched. He ran know. straight in and blocked it. It was a really. It was a really well blocked punt by the kid. He did a good job. Uh, at Dan underscore Brian twenty one. Can you explain? Or can you ask BK or explain to me the end of the clock game management or end of the game management of the clock? Only being up three points in the last drive, Notre Dame easily added 90 seconds to the game because they were running tempo. Um, you wondered about this aloud. I, I did wonder <laughs> yes. about this aloud during the game. I, 
his explanation, which you can take it or leave it, is that if they bled the clock down, they would have the offense would have gotten out of gear essentially, and he felt like it was more important to score than to take time off the clock, which is a very Brian Kelly perspective to have. Time of possession matters a lot less than how many points you score. In that instance, they wanted to score, opposed to running the clock. clock. Yeah. He, 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 his opinion is that if you, you had to choose between the two, you could not do both. Do I necessarily agree with that? I'm not so sure. But that that was his reason. I will accept his reason. I was going to say, I have to take that at face value as the guy that's down there feeling the pulse of his team thinking, man, right. we are bogging down too much when we're when we're running clock. Maybe, I mean, pace is good for some quarterbacks. Pace is good for some offenses. Maybe he felt during that game we're more crisp when we move the ball. His goal was definitely to score a touchdown on that drive too, which, thank goodness, <laughs> because yeah. they're up three. But And they did. And they did. So I, I think you, you what we're doing now is splitting hairs saying he was too aggressive to score a touchdown to go up 10 to seal the game. I don't think we need to get there. I do get the point, like, yeah, you, why, why would you keep snapping the ball quickly when you're up? But they were, maybe they weren't running clock mode yet, right? They were in yeah. end this game mode. I just, I had no problem with it because how many times in the past, not just Brian Kelly, but any coach where you say, you know, you so you're, you're, you, you, it's three and out and punt. If you're running you're into the being, line doing not this, being aggressive. I have so, a problem with so it. You, so, yeah. so I guess what people want is they want him to be aggressive but run clock at the same time, and I and I he felt they couldn't. Yeah, he, he I think felt they that, I get yeah. that. I, I think I understand that, and I agree with that. I think that's difficult to do, and that's what Notre Dame. Do- I mean, this is this is Notre Dame. Their offense is smoking with Ian Book, and so they went with their strength. I didn't. It's interesting how we all have. I mean, you and I kind of have Pete. You and I kind of have opposite perspectives, and I think yours is somewhere in between, Tim. It's I. It's interesting. I, it never even occurred to me that they should slow it down because that's what Nordame does best, and they needed to score. They needed to stem the tide with points yeah. because it had just been a seventeen point lead, and now it was three points. I agree. They had to stem the tide with points. I cannot imagine not going down and scoring a touchdown the way Northwestern came back and giving them the ball back up six. That would be yeah, a huge right. mistake. I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't have a problem. No, with I know what that. They were doing. I, I, I was I, just like. Oh yeah, I wonder if they could run a little. Well, bit your more point could, yeah. to your point, Pete. He has often said when we ask him about why don't they run tempo all game, he says he likes to be able to control the tempo by various means. That would be another yeah, way. Yeah, and of Long, controlling Long the tempo. talks about that too. How yeah. they're they're different different speeds. They're different. They're, and it's not just fast yeah. or slow. There there are different speeds within there. So I don't know. It's it's maybe he didn't trust his uh, current version of his offensive line to run the clock out if they went slowly. Could be. Their offense is smoking now. If that's the best way to yeah. put the game away, they were aggressive trying to win the game, and we yeah. we we, we I get the question, question but I'm going with. I actually kind of once I heard Kelly's answer, I think I'm more along the lines with that's what he felt, and that's what. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mean yeah. to misportray no. your yeah. opinion I'm, on that. I'm more game, with O'Malley. It's yeah. just okay. like it's like the, it's a it's a question worth asking. And then I'm happy to accept his answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sometimes he, he yeah. asks the question. There, there are definitely some questions that we asked Brian Kelly, and he answers are like, "Come on, yeah, well, yeah, well yeah, and yeah. that was that was that, that was me. That no. was me yesterday when I asked about his interior, and he was like, "They've been great. They've been great all year, defending. You know, the yeah. interior defensive, and I." I just I don't agree yeah. with that. I don't, and not just from not just from Saturday. I don't. I just don't agree with that. I don't, I don't think they were. I don't think their interior de, uh, run defense was 
great against Pittsburgh. I thought Pittsburgh had Pitt's found something more since success. That game, yeah, they have. I thought Pittsburgh had <laughs> more success. Coastal leading I'm Pittsburgh. telling you, ACC Coastal, Big Ten West, a couple champions going to be defeated here. At, at, go ahead, team. At A.J. Smith, uh, 2021, does, does, does Michigan over Notre Dame, does the Michigan over Notre Dame eye test hold any water? It's hard to compare teams sometimes, but if you have a head-to-head and common opponent factor, shouldn't that overcome the hypothetical of, but if they play tomorrow, BS? Yeah, um, Notre Dame beat Michigan and is undefeated, so there's no eye test to behold. What are we talking about? Is there is there a reason this should be brought up? Well, I know what's going on in the world, but they're all wrong. Any sentence that starts with, if they played today, is nonsense. (laughs) Until nobody loses, this is not, and the eye test has nothing to do with anything. And look, people all over the internet, and ESPN is what matters when I say ESPN this time, because, I mean, they're in charge of the college football show. They're, They're not in charge of the committee, but they're the one broadcasting everything. If you say Michigan is ahead of Notre Dame, well, Notre Dame is undefeated, you're just trying to get people to watch, talk, and be angry. Now, once there's a loss, if that question comes into play, it's going to get hairy. And by hairy, I'm just going to give you the reality of if Notre Dame loses this month and Michigan does not, I don't know how much of a discussion is going to be in that committee. So room. you, so you yeah, agree? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, you, so Notre Dame's going to be th- number three tonight. Yes. And Michigan's tomorrow, going yeah. to be number four. Mm-hmm. And if Notre Dame loses and Michigan wins out, you expect Notre Dame, someone would expect Notre Dame to stay ahead of Michigan? Not in this room, but everybody listening to this, everybody <laughs> listening to this does. There is no way they will. I'm not saying there's uh, no way they will, and I, I, you know, that's where just like there can be no way they don't if they win out Notre Dame. Right. There's no way that Michigan yeah. should get ahead of Notre Dame no. if what? Notre Dame is 12 and 0. Yeah. Of course, I, I, I guess I understand how someone would feel that if Notre Dame lost, they should still be ahead of Michigan. But that's just. It, you can't do that. I suppose you the just one, can't do it. The one argument that now exists for the first time uh, to the Notre Dame fans' point here would be Syracuse, if they beat Notre Dame, is going to be in the top ten. They will have beaten Notre Dame and lost to Clemson by four. That's and what I said like, they last will week. Be, like, if they lose to Syracuse, it's not a terrible loss. Yeah, they'll be ten, and then they're going to play. They have to play BC. They would have to be BC, clearly, Syracuse, for this yeah. committee to keep carrying. Um they would, ha- they would have to be BC. They couldn't lose again. So you'd be looking at 10-2 and two Syracuse as Notre Dame's loss, and you'd be looking at Michigan. Michigan's only losses to Notre Dame, who is the, you know, you look at the fifth or sixth best team in the country. It becomes really... I don't think Notre Dame would get in over one loss Michigan. That's I, well, my point here. No. And I don't think you can wouldn't. even discuss Michigan getting in over undefeated no, Notre Dame. absolutely not. I think the committee, if Notre Dame lost to Syracuse, the committee would be sitting around saying, hell, they could have had that game at home and they moved it to the Yankee yeah. Stadium. <laughs> be in the room conversations. Right. Yeah. I mean, there would be people on various message boards to be like, well, you know, that you should discount the fact that it was a, it was a road game. and Like, Notre Dame beat Michigan. I realize it happened 27 years ago, but it still occurred. Yes. I mean, Grant Grant Len Rice covered the game (laughs) for Notre Dame 24, Michigan 17. We all watched it in black and white television. And Notre Dame handled them, honestly. Like, they did kind of handle them. It's like, I don't even care. They did. I I don't care about that. Like, it, it occurred, and it was two months ago, not... Two decades ago. Notre Dame deserves So stop to... pretending like yeah. th- this happened. Like, I get that Michigan's offense is better and Tariq Black didn't play. Well, guess what? Notre Dame's offense is better and right. Dexter Williams didn't play. And so Ian that, Book didn't play. It's all a friggin' <laughs> yeah. wash. However, what happens if Notre Dame loses? What do you think happens? Then they're out. Okay. 
Most likely. Yeah, because the Syracuse thing just got interesting. It did. It, it, I mean, it's it not, used to be a crazy, it miserable not, upset, but now it's It's not gone. hard to see a path where Notre Dame makes it with a loss to Syracuse. I think it would require an Oklahoma loss. Yes, yeah. They love Ohio Oklahoma. State losing to Michigan State, and then Ohio State beating Michigan. I think that would probably, oh, yeah, that would probably in. be all that would be... Re- and then Alabama beating Georgia. I think that's all that it would take. You think... You think uh, I was just going head-to-head against Michigan running throughout Ohio no, State. No, I'm just yeah, saying, like, yeah. Notre Dame in the playoff with one loss. You think Ohio State's going to beat Michigan? You know, probably I, not. I don't think they will, but I don't not. I don't care what happens. Ohio State in the next two weeks for that game for the one game rise up. Can you imagine Michigan fans' reaction? Yeah, that's they, why. I'm, that's why I'm trying to imagine it right toward now. Toward Harbaugh, if they do not win this game, I'm trying to imagine it right now, and that's why I'm thinking they could do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time? I know we didn't have a whole lot of talking about what people root for, but Priester, when's the yeah. last time you think you watched an Ohio State game? That can get them into a playoff position or a major championship position, and thought, man, I and really hope Ohio State pulls this game out. <laughs> yeah, just like, seriously, when's the last time I that do, came I, out? I, I, honestly, I, I would like to see Alabama and Michigan play. <laughs> yes. Well, that would. Yes. That would. Zip I mean, something. just as a college observer, the, uh, the issue my, with Alabama and Michigan playing is if Notre Dame's in it somehow, and they, I mean, if Notre Dame's in it, not somehow they should get in it, and somehow gets past Clemson. I don't really want to. Deal with what happens in the aftermath of that one because I know who it's not going to be. So. You think I pull against Ohio State? <laughs> I think no, I'm serious. Actually, because I do. No, I do. I do. Because I know Urban Meyer from his coaching days here. Oh, so yeah. my perspective is a little it is bit different. different. I, root, I have rooted against Ohio State kind of nonsensically for about thirty years. Oh, really? I have. See, I don't. I've, I I, never, root, I, I always never wanted that. Michigan to upset Ohio State in the '90s when Ohio State had that juggernaut. I never. Going, fe- I never felt that case. way. Yeah. This no, year, no, this no. year I have I will switch. All right, at at D Tyson eighty. Considering Brian Kelly's current status, would a semifinal appearance versus Alabama be a similar result to twenty twelve, or would narrowly winning a New Year's Six bowl be better for the program? Not that. <laughs> Never. Oh, sorry, I, I I zoned out when you got to New Year's Six better for the program. What was the first part of the question? It doesn't matter. No. Never. No. Don't play. I, well, I don't, don't play I don't an exhibition understand. game. They now keep stats for. I, I uh, with all due, with all due respect, D Tyson eighty. I don't know what considering BK's current status means. Then maybe they build on it and win, be better next year. The lack of a major bowl win probably is what he means. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. They, so they, they haven't be, won a major bowl game. So he, they beat the Georgia. Let's say they beat Georgia. That only. And lost this is a, it, the, the question is semifinal appearance against Alabama. It's not a champ. A yeah, championship getting the playoffs game. is the deal. Playoffs is. Huge is the thing now. It's like the Final Four in college basketball now. In fact, it's a Final Four, but uh, <laughs> it is just like it. But um, Georgia, I guess his point would be, yeah, you go beat Georgia in your six bowl, be fun for, uh, and you have one loss on the season. Um, but you've got you. Well, you have to blow it. You've you got have to blow a, a yeah. season right here in November. I mean, you've got to you've got to try. It's it's the no, playoffs. I, gotta, I'm not I'm not arguing for yeah, it. Yeah, no, at all. I know, I know. I'm I know. saying that the best case New Year's Six Bowl is you beat two loss Georgia. And your one loss yeah. Notre Dame that but blew I think a game the, to L. Oh gosh, <laughs> you still lost in November. That's terrible. You can't not. You're allowed yeah. to lose in November. No, not I think right the, now. I think the question's interesting by by saying semifinal against Alabama. But I think we all agree that no. regardless what happens against Alabama, you want you yes. want a shot. You Take want, the shot. You want a shot. You I'm got, with Brian Kelly on that one. We'll sign up for that duty. You, you need cannot, to get a shot. You cannot win a national title without playing for a national yes. title. You got to give that a shot. I can't believe it's a question. I don't be in here. I, people ask that a lot. They're so sick of losing to Alabama or somebody like that. You've got to have I mean, getting in the playoffs, is, is what, this is the whole point. Plus, now you have to lose to Syracuse or USC. You're astonished. I'm astonished. What? All right. I'm, I'm putting you off my you poll style. All right. 
Washington D. Does Notre Dame need to dominate Florida State on Saturday night and not just win? Every good team this year has smashed them. And after a few weeks of not looking dominant, it might help Notre Dame's credibility to put a 50 spot on them. I, I, the need to dominate, I don't know. He, I think he means I mean, the rankings, but I don't. No, I don't, yeah, I, don't, yeah, I don't think they need to dominate in order to keep their spot in the rankings. Okay, so let's say they lose to Syracuse, but they beat Florida State 50-7. to seven. I don't think that matters that much. I think they just need to not lose. I don't. You don't. I mean, you don't want to struggle. I mean, you just want to keep building. You went to offense. This is going to be a. I mean, we'll talk more about it on Thursday. And I, I know I've said to Stan, I'm not going to say it again. But I mean, it's going to be a challenge for Notre Dame's offensive line against their defensive front, regardless how bad Florida State is. And Notre Dame probably should be able to throw for as many yeah. yards as they would like to throw for. But 42 uh, 20 is not a totally dominant effort against. Florida State when they given say, up. What's the line? The line's like 17? 18. It's open 18? at 18, 18, which is remarkable. Think about, uh, I mean, thinking about that in the past, it's not remarkable now. But thinking about that in August. Yeah. It's the I mean, it's really remarkable pre-2017 yeah. to think about it. But even since August, it you didn't ex- you figured they would improve this year. It would be bad, I suppose, if Notre Dame had a Vanderbilt-type game against Florida State at this point, right? Yeah, that would be that something. Would be something else. That, that, because, like, if you're sick of hearing about Michigan now, <laughs> wait till Notre Dame beats Florida State seventeen uh, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. As after Michigan has, I don't know, beat Rutgers seventy seven to two. Like, <laughs> that's not going to feel very good the very next the next week. I'm just so yeah. I mean, dominant performance. Yeah, but that could be forty four twenty two. Right, that that's, would be fine. Yeah, that would be fine. It just can't be Vanderbilt or Ball State. Uh, in a follow-up on that, uh, at Way to Go K-Man, do you think this is Florida State's Super Bowl or a game in cold weather for a team that has given up? I think it's a game in cold weather for a team that's given up, and they do have a Super Bowl left, and it's Florida. Yeah, and they, Trust me on this they, one. They've as... given up in warm weather, let alone yeah, being I around. I can't. They weren't <laughs> motivated to play at home against Clemson. <laughs> right, that's my, I was about, I was about to say. That's it. They do have a Super Bowl left. It's Florida. Um, that's what they care about at Florida State. I it's, know this from having many Florida State fans or grads as friends from Atlanta. That is the game they care about no matter what, um, no matter what their season's doing. The other thing they care about is getting a new coach, most of these people, by the way. I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but they are giving up in a hurry. And I think Florida State is going to quit in this game. Do you think I no I do too. It's I mean I think they're gonna quit before the game. <laughs> yeah, it's going it's going to be cold. Why not why out of the tunnel? Why are we for it to start? <laughs> it is going to be cold in Notre Dame Stadium. At I don't night. know yeah, yeah, I mean I don't know about precipitation or wind, but it's, I mean, it's going to be cold. I mean, it's going to be in the upper 20s, low 30s. So I just don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll be motivated. And my, my original point was, I don't think that it really matters because they haven't been motivated. What, what would cause them to be motivated for the game? They haven't been motivated in the last month. They They were motivated for Clemson, as Pete said. Right. They're hosting Clemson at home. They didn't care. Right. Well, they didn't, I will say, they cared for about a quarter. They were fighting. They were putting up a little fight, and then Clemson just started. They got into a fight near the end of the game. Bulldozing them. Yeah. That was, yeah, they, they're done. Florida State's sticking forward. They they have one Super Bowl left, yeah. and they'll lose that I one, want, too. I want, I want Notre Dame's, I want to see Notre Dame's offensive line make progress against yeah. Florida State. Yeah, that's and the that, game within the game for this yes, one, is yes. they have a unit that yeah. can. Uh, our last question, uh, at Star Sevic Frank. If the Irish lose a game this year, this year, will this season be a disappointment for you? No, no, not at all. But it'd be a very disappointing week, and 
probably disappointing December thinking, eh, she should have been in the playoffs. Are you know, they going the... to the Camelback Inn or not? <laughs> Major six, right? That's what you're saying. No, yeah. I think, uh, you know, it, it'd be a really disappointing week, obviously, for Notre Dame fans following or two weeks following, whatever it would be. Um, boy, it'd be even worse probably if it's the last one. But uh, it'd be really bad if it's the last one. It's that would be bad. bad. The USC game. At, at, it wouldn't I mean, be. But but the question is, would it be a uh, the would season, the season be a disappointment? The only way to see is a disappointment is to lose twice. To Syracuse and USC. I think is a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. They well, would have to lose two. If you lost, would be talking about now, the twenty. If you uh, lost right, a Florida, Willingham yeah. team. If yeah. you lost to Florida State, I think it would be a disappointment. <laughs> They're not. That's yeah, not right. going to I'm happen. Not but yeah, two losses at the end would just make that be like, oh gosh, what are they doing? This November crap. November I don't thing, this again. Yeah. You wouldn't have. You all right, so, outrun that. All right. So my que- my the last move question. To the Bronx. You lose them both. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> my last question to you guys is: Will Will Notre Dame be twelve and zero? I think so. I do too. I think so. <laughs> I feel like they will beat Syracuse in a game that has the message boards of Notre Dame America exploding. They don't deserve, to be, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. It's going to be a hard. I think the Syracuse game will be a hard game. Yeah. I mean, it's not the point now where you're. It's more at the point now with Syracuse where you think this is just going. This isn't like there's not a trap. It's just a good, really good offense you have to play against. Now Notre Dame. The reason I believe Notre Dame will win is I think Notre Dame is going to light up Syracuse. Well, the team with the team with a better defense should should win, and it's not even close. But we can't say should in these situations all the time either. I mean, as much as Syracuse has to play for, it's not close there either. What are they going to do with their What are they going to do with their nickel situation? <laughs> we got two weeks on this one. I mean, no, that, what, I, yeah, that's the question. What are What are they going to do? Well, that's why we their... both paused, right, Pete? I mean, you and I didn't mm-hmm. just scream yes when you asked the question. I had to yeah. consider. I, well, just for the record, I I agree. I think they'll be twelve and zero. Yeah, there um, are some. There just there are some matchups there. Syracuse has an advantage in the game, and I wouldn't say that about really anything with Florida State or USC. I no, mean, USC is a like, situation. That's you got to get like real micro to find advantage. Well, I want to know State or USC. What's the Syracuse, deal with no. What's the deal with Tariq Bracy? I mean, I they that, they that need to get the they need to get Tariq Bracy ready for Yankee you instead Stadium. of Dante Vaughn. Yes, yeah, correct. Yes, yeah, because that was this was something that I think coming out of the bye week I thought. Tried Julian Love at the nickel, mm-hmm. but that that was bracy after Pittsburgh. We were like, eh, maybe something something good's happened there. And then the way that they, I almost was more concerned with the passing defense at Northwestern based on what a sort of scramble drill it was to see who was in. It was like, okay, is it Tranquil or Jim Markeith? Is it Vaughn and then Love, or is Love then and Vaughn? Like they, they were really all over the place with the personnel. Where do they, where do you put Griffith in or no? Um, I mean, without playing Bracy, they exhausted every other combination. I'm not sure they really were comfortable with any of them. The best news is Troy Pride played well in that game, and they yes, needed him to be good against Syracuse. Yes, he did. It was a good bounce back. We didn't even we're ending here, but we didn't even really talk about Tranquil. And I thought it was interesting, Pete. Did you see during uh, pregame? You and I both tweeted out watching Tranquil, and you you were more optimistic yeah. about the way he was warming up than I was. And somebody was like, "I'm confused. Samson and Priest are indifferent on this." Well, we don't sit I mean, next to each other anymore. We I, don't work together except for this. It was it was a, a rare instance where I was able to watch warmups from the field. Yeah, like, it was great. He was right in. He was about. He was as far away from me as you are right now. And like he had a grimace on his face the whole time. Like a wince, not a like. Yeah, no, I was wa- I was watching him through binoculars. And but... then when he left the field, I thought he was stiff. But just the fact that he could cut, 
I was like, all right, that's a surprise to me. And then the fact that he ran with the first team, the first team yeah. defense, I was like, they usually that's usually a telltale sign that he's going to start. And then it was like, it, and then he, then it, he didn't. It, it ended up the result was it was in between. I he, was he didn't uh, start, but he did play. I mean, I thought like he he pick and chose his pregame warmups to when okay now oh, yeah. I'm gonna I mean, now I'm like, gonna now I'm gonna focus in and I'm not gonna worry about the pain. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. But there were others where I thought he looked really bad. So that was. That was the reason for our disparity in yeah. the in what, but this kid is. I think it was great they put him in the nickel. I, we haven't talked about. This. I mean, think about the that nickel package was what he was needed for because his brain had to be in that package too. If yeah. somebody, if somebody would to, okay, well, tranquil, yeah, he's going to play. He's going to play in the nickel. You'd be like, what? Why would you choose him to yeah. do that? But what you're saying, O'Malley, is exactly it. That they wanted the brain power out there. It, he was out there in dime, as well. Yeah. Right. And man, I bet his ankle hurt after the game. Yeah, yeah, I bet I I mean I bet it did, but but the ability and we're going to close on this, but just the ability to say I am going to wipe out the pain. I'm not going to limp. I'm going to break on the football regardless how it feels. I want to talk to him again about what he said about, you know, playing with his hand and he couldn't do that as a freshman because I, I I want to pick his brain as to how he dealt with this because it was a remarkable yeah, it was performance. Heroic, a heroic effort by a team captain. It's mm-hmm. Sometimes he, we overstate these things. A, that guy did a great he's job. He's a superhero. Yeah. That was a superhero performance by Drew Tranquil. Okay, we'll end on that. I didn't, I, I just, I, I didn't want to end without saying that Drew Tranquil's my superhero. <laughs> and I th- no, I just thought, I thought, it, I thought it was an incredible performance. All right, we'll be back on Thursday to pre- preview Notre Dame versus Florida State. This is Irish Illustrated Insider. Thank you. Katanzarit Financial Services is a safe harbor providing guidance to clients on anything that affects them financially, including retirement planning, asset management, and estate planning. Katanzarit Financial Services also leads retirement planning classes in South Bend and Elkhart, Indiana. Log on to Services.com.